Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. Hello, you fellow badass. I'm just going to warn you right now, I'm feeling a little feisty as I record this episode today. (laughs) I mean, when am I not? But today, like especially, I feel like there's a couple pieces that nobody wants to talk about with entrepreneurship. And when I say entrepreneurship, I also, to be honest, mean leadership in general, Um, because it's a beautiful opportunity to go so much more deeply with who you're becoming. That's the gift of entrepreneurship, which we're going to get into today. Um, There's three things that I wrote out that I feel like I wish somebody had told me um, when I was first starting this journey. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what a sales page should be or money mindset hacks. (laughs) Um, It has nothing to do with being a vibrational match and manifesting. No, none, none of that shit and none of that shit at all. Um, So buckle up buttercup. Here we go. Of course, as always, I would love to hear if you have more things that you'd like to add. If you agree, if you disagree, if it gave you an aha moment, if currently you are unloading the dishwasher and as you hear these, you kind of threw a fork or your napkin down on the ground or a loofah from your shower, (laughs) you're like, yes, that's it though, abs. That's it. Yeah. Nobody's talking about this. Number one, you are lying to yourself. If you say that you are stuck or you don't know what you want. I was lying to myself. Absolutely. Even recently, I was lying to myself when I said, I'm just so confused. I have no idea what to do. I don't know what I want next. Mm. Mm. Bullshit meter going off. The truth is I knew exactly what I wanted, but I was too afraid to admit it. And maybe that's you. I'm going to call bullshit. You are not stuck. I believe that you know exactly what you want. Right now, to be fair, the vision could be a little blurry, right? So you might say something like, I know I want more time freedom in my life. How does that exactly look? Maybe that you don't know, right? Or you're saying, I love what I just created, but I'm, I'm ready to evolve. I want to give something else. I want to give more or I want to give less. I'm burnt out. This was a beautiful season and I don't want to do it anymore. Don't tell me that you're stuck. Don't tell me that you don't know what you want. You just said it right there, right? So maybe I didn't quite know the the how, but the the moments, the vignettes of what I want my life to look like next, that's clear. Right? So if I say I really want to have more time freedom, Right. So I I sat there with myself. I don't know what I want. I feel stuck. Mm. I actually want more of an asynchronous business now. What that means for me and me only 
right? When I say I want more time freedom, I want more opportunities to just sit quietly with an open schedule and write and be able to invest more time on my message and on myself and things like this podcast, things that are new creative outlets for me, right? So when I say that I don't know what I want, I believe I'm going to call bullshit on myself that I was just afraid to admit that that meant I wanted to step away from more of my one-on-one coaching. That meant that I was ready to step away from some of these bigger courses that I've created. And if you've been following me for a while, you watch that. Quite literally, I had created my very first course, my big first signature course, the Media Visibility Accelerator, which came from all of you in the community asking these simple, frequently asked questions that I essentially put together into this massive course. And I loved it. And that was a beautiful season. And I didn't want to teach it live ever again. So I admitted to myself, first and foremost, that I did actually know what I wanted. I was just scared to say it out loud. And it brings me to a question that I want to ask you. What is it that you're pretending not to know today? Because the problem wasn't that I didn't believe that it was possible for me to create an asynchronous life or to step away um, and create more time in my life. The problem was not that I didn't know what I wanted. Problem for me was that I was afraid of what would happen if I tried. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you know exactly what you want, but you're afraid of what would happen if you tried. What if I fail, right? What if people get mad at me or judge me? I've made a very beautiful, impactful, and lucrative business based off of these courses and this way that I interact with humans. And if I take that all away, Number one, what if I fail? What if I can't make any money in this business anymore? Number two, who am I? Deeper. Mm -hmm. What am I going to have to give up in order to become this new version of myself that was calling me forward? Yeah, I wanted and deserve more time to play and to think and to create. Yeah, I wanted to be able to travel more, even though in the middle of this panorama, I still can't um, be as much of a nomad as I would enjoy to do with my soon-to-be husband. At least we've got the van, we can get out. I I just want more freedom again. And the satisfaction of living a life in this new season on my own terms, right? Right. That season of my life, it served me really well. Many of you are here listening to this podcast because of that season in my life. And the value that I brought to the community during that season, but it's not me anymore. And maybe it's not you anymore. And so you feel stuck because there's a tension between actually what you now know You're pretending not to know (laughs) and not taking action on it. And that creates the tension that we label stuck, but it's just not true. 
And what I needed, what I needed was permission. I needed to give myself the permission. As a friend said, the audacity to take unapologetic action towards what I actually wanted, to be able to have the freedom to be messy and try some new things on. In this new season of how I uniquely get to define an extraordinary life. Right? And so I ask you, are you really stuck? Do you really know what you want? Or are you going to keep telling yourself you don't know? I'm going to call bullshit. I called bullshit on myself. And so I took a really brave step in my world for me and only me. Yeah. In saying this course, I'm going to teach it live one more time. And then that's it. And it was beautiful. It was the largest group I'd ever had inside of that because if people were like, oh man, I'm going to have FOMO. I better sign up. Right. It was the most beautiful experience and it felt so good to be done. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want for ourselves? Isn't that what we want for our friends to be like, wow, that was great. And I feel really fulfilled and satisfied and on my own terms saying I'm done. And to be honest, it's the stuck that we get attached to because it actually feels comfortable to stay where we've been. So we're not really stuck. We're always in choice. You and I always have an action and we can choose to stay in a season that we've outgrown, but we're not stuck. We've chosen that. Or we can choose to take action and alleviate the tension. So I'll ask you again. I know I told you, I told you I was feisty today. (laughs) I said I was feisty. I'm going to ask you again. What is it that you're pretending not to know? What is it that you're pretending not to know? Quick side note, by the way, I would love to know, (laughs) uh, speaking of where you listen to my podcasts, like, do you tend to listen to them while you're grocery shopping or going for a run? Do you like sit down in the morning and like on your meditation cushion and listen to podcasts? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Do you mind letting me know? Total side note, but I'm just interested because I would love to talk to you. If you're telling me, most of you are like, oh, you know what? I pop it in and I go for a walk. Then I'm going to be like, okay, so you're at the stop sign right now. You're looking around, you're listening to this, right? I want to like set the scene for you. So will you let me know where you listen to these? Okay. Total side note. Thank you. All right. That's the number one. What nobody else will tell you about entrepreneurship. Number two, I've said this before. I will say it again, but I hope now it lands a little bit deeper. The gift of what you create and how you serve. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever that means in your business, the gift of what you create and how you serve is just that a gift for everyone else. The gift for you, the entrepreneur, the gift for you, the leader, the gift for you, the creator, the gift for you, the CEO is who you become in the process. That's why dreams and goals are fun. Because if you could achieve them today, they wouldn't be a dream or a goal. (laughs) Okay. So when I set out to do my first 
TEDx talk, I was not the woman that was going to go on that stage. I had to become her. Right. And that was my gift. What I actually shared on that little red dot that was so fucking cool, by the way. And if you've ever thought about doing it, you should fucking do it. And literally not because of the talk that you're going to give as wonderful and as insightful and as impactful as I'm sure it will be. But it is one of the greatest life gifts I could ever tell you about. It's because of who you become, who you get to become in the process of writing it, of looking at yourself. If you are in the process of writing a book or have ever written a book, you know that shit is a bikini wax of the soul. The book itself is the gift for everyone else. The goals that you set, all of them, you can't achieve them today. Of course, they make you nervous. Which is why I like to think that imposter syndrome is just the last breath of your old self before it dies. Who are you to try? You're right. The person today, who am I to try? But I have confidence. I have faith that I will become the person that I need to become. And then the imposter syndrome dies. That voice doesn't serve you any longer. Who am I? How could I? How will I? All those questions you get to let go of. Knowing full well, only by taking continuous, small, messy action that you're getting closer to that goal. Right? The gift is who you get to become. So enjoy the process. I know we hear that shit. It sounds like fucking Hallmark. And I, but it's true. And I wish more people talked about that with entrepreneurship. It is not about the destination. It's not about the whatever you fucking see on Instagram. All right. The chick with her like perfect six pack abs making six figures in six months with her six kids right? Doing her booty band manifestation, shaman blessed crystal workout, whatever the fuck you see on Instagram. All right. It's not about that shit. It's not about that. Fucking let it go. It's who we get to become. I love who I've become. I love the way I've learned. I love my mistakes. I love my pace. I don't want to become or be like anyone else. And that is the gift of entrepreneurship. I have such fucking confidence. I love the way that I go about stuff. I figured out that for me, I tend to hire really beautiful, fancy experiences and coaches. I want to be in the room where I can tangibly vibrationally, viscerally feel what it's like to be with a human being who is already accomplishing the thing I want. I want to like literally feel and experience that. I learn best that way. I can't learn in a vacuum taking the five steps to excellence. I have to be with a coach who already is just living and breathing this thing And realize that I too have the confidence that I will become that vibration. I will become that confident. I will become that articulate. I will become that easeful. I'm not that person today and that's okay. I learn best by setting myself up 
in a room, even virtually, with someone who's already holding that vibration, who's activating my ability to do so. And then giving myself the opportunity to walk it out, try it on, (laughs) practice, learn. I'm not even going to say fail. Just learn. Go, that didn't fucking work, did it? (laughs) Tried that on. Nope, that wasn't it. And love myself there too, because all of that is who I get to become. I don't want to be anybody else. And I would be very leery, by the way, something else nobody will tell you in entrepreneurship. I would be very leery of any coach that's like, be like me. Here's my secret. Here's my hack. Here's my 10 steps to whatever. Because it immediately puts you and that person in a deficit. It says you are already not enough. You already don't have everything inside of you to figure it out. It negates the journey which is the real fucking blessing of entrepreneurship. And it means you're learning from someone who's not willing to do their own deep work, who needs the external validation of somebody else saying, yeah, you've got something I don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So I'd be very leery, by the way, of anybody that sounds like that. When I want to be in a room with somebody that just is, They just are magnetic. They just are positive. They just are powerful. They are unapologetic. They are eloquent. It it like exudes from them, right? They don't have to prove it to me. They just are. And by them being deeply themselves, it activates in me the capacity I already have to raise my vibration, to raise my vision, to raise my action. Yeah. It's an energetic exchange of trust. Sure. But they don't have some secret that I don't have. Like, no. The gift of what and who and how we go about walking out this journey of entrepreneurship, that's our gift. You're not missing anything. But if you keep looking out to the six-pack, six-figure, six-kid example, you're always going to feel lost. You're always going to feel not enough. It's never going to be enough. Because you haven't looked at who you get to become uniquely as you. The last one of these three things today, at least, that nobody tells you about entrepreneurship is this piece that hit me about a year ago in a meditation. I heard this very distinctly and it has served me so well. So I hope it serves you today. I would write this shit down. I would make this like a screen saver, you know, for your phone so you can look at this on a tough time. I would put this on your computer and you're in the middle of writing in a launch, creating, and you're having your what the fuck moment, I would look at this sentence and remind yourself, here we go. Your success is inevitable, but your excellence is situational. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you just have the mind blown emoji? I hope you did. Because the first time I heard that from source, I was like, 
okay, you're gonna have to tell me that one again from the cheap seats in the back. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what universe? What, what was that? Your success is inevitable, but your excellence is situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's sit with that one for a second. Tell me a time in your life, all right? This is, this is me, by the way, Abby speaking to you, not like source to me. Although that also happened. Okay. You're an incredible human. You're a fucking badass. That's why you listen to this podcast. You're like essentially just looking for permission to continue to be the badass self that you are, right? And live a full body fuck yes life. That's like the whole thing, right? <laughs> Tell me a time, you incredible badass, that you haven't been able to figure it out. Tell me a time that you didn't land on your feet. Tell me a time that no matter how hard it was, you pivoted then. You got back up, dusted yourself off, and made it even better. Tell me one time that you were not able to do that. It's not there. You have always been a type A overachiever born to lead. Someone that gives a shit about the world and gets shit done. You always have been. So why would you ever think that right now in this moment, somehow all of that history is going to go away? And trust me, I have to tell myself this shit all the time too. By the way, this is my own internal fangirl pep talk I give myself. Your success is inevitable. It always will be. And with that, what do you really want to create? If your success is inevitable, yeah, then don't do things because you should do them because they're a full body fuck yes. Because no matter what you touch, it turns to gold. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that it does it overnight. I'm not saying that you haven't had ugly cry moments on your kitchen floor hiding under a comforter, wanting to order pizza for two days and not talk to anyone. These are all real moments in my life, by the way. I really did. <laughs> I was covering the Obama election, right? So first African-American president to ever be elected. Here I am, I'm leading the newscast and all these technical difficulties happen. This historic moment and it essentially feels like I am the emperor with no clothes, right? I'm just naked, like live on TV, practically. That's what it feels like in my soul. It was so horrible. My boss calls me from the newsroom and says, if I had another body to replace you right now, I would fire you this instant. Don't bother coming back to the newsroom at the end of today. I didn't know if I was fired. I didn't know if this was just literally like the end of my career before it ever really started. I was like, maybe 24, I think I was in mid early to mid twenties. And, um, I went home that night. I hid under my comforter. I did not get up the next day. My producer came over to my house with pizza. We proceeded to eat it under the comforter and I stayed there for two days. <laughs> I did get my job back. I don't know if I ever lost it. Anyway, I think of these moments where, yeah, okay, so you get knocked down. You got to hide under your comforter for two days. Yeah, but I ended up winning an Emmy after that, right? I ended up creating my own production company. I figured it out. Doesn't mean you don't get knocked down, but my success is inevitable. 
so is yours. But the excellence, how we execute on that has to be situational. Okay, let me please just love on you for a hot fucking second. Because something I hear consistently from leaders like you is that not only are you tired, but you feel really alone. You hear that old adage that it's lonely at the top, but it really is, right? Like you've always been the leader. You've always been the one to step up and volunteer and head the committee. And that means that there's always a little bit of distance between you and everybody else. You're always the one at the front of the pack with the headwind. And it's tiring. And there's no one around. And sometimes you just want to put it down and say this is hard and you're tired and you just want a hug. Yeah, I get it. I do. All I wanted was a really core group of girlfriends to love me and be my friend and be there every moment in college. That was all I wanted, which is why I joined a sorority. I was Gamma Phi Beta, by the way, if anybody was in the Greek life in college. And I had this picture of what it was going to be like, which is, of course, what they sell you on. And, oh my gosh, the sorority was amazing for me, but in none of the ways that I thought. And it certainly didn't give me those deep, lifelong friendships that I was hoping for. And one of the pieces of that was that they voted me to become sorority president. And like everything else, I just said, oh yeah, yes, of course. Like, of course I'm going to lead, right? Like, of course you listening at home have always led (laughs) everything, which is why you're an entrepreneur. You make a terrible employee. I get that. I love that about you. Yeah. But then like, you're always kind of the boss. Even you're the one that determines like where your friends go to dinner and like what everyone's going to do. And they just defer to you. That's you. You've always been that person. Probably. I was at least. And so there's just this distance between you and everybody else. And it's lonely. It's hard. And you love everybody. You care about them, but you also need to lead them. It's hard to be alone. So let me today just love on you for a second. Let me be the headwind for you. Let me just hold you and you can just get loved on here for just the next couple of minutes. And similar to the question I asked earlier, what is the truth that you're pretending not to know? Maybe the truth is that you know you're actually not alone or at least that you don't have to go at it alone anymore because I'm about to prove to you that that's true. You're not alone. There are other people that understand how this feels. Just because you used to do something that way, okay? Just because you used to be able to pull an all-nighter. Just because you used to be able to balance your kid's schedule and work and the PTA meetings and the nonprofits. Just because you used to do it doesn't mean you have to do it that way any longer. I also used to (laughs) uh, eat Top Ramen at 2 a.m. and 
drink vodka tonics like it was going out of style and then get up at 6 a.m. and go for a fucking run and, you know, eat one apple, have a nice big poop and my abs were flat. That's great. Good job, 22-year-old Abby. That does not work any longer. If I have more than two drinks in one week, I'm fucking hungover for like another week. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I swear. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work that way any longer. So why would it work that way in your business? Just because you used to do something that way in the speed with this, right? Or with all these other things on your list doesn't mean that you need to, could, or should right now. Excellence is situational. And let's talk about the situation. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Still, I thought everyone gonna get their little shots, bing, 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 and then this would all be over and I would be drinking my Mai Tais again. I'd be traveling all around the world. Yeah, no, mm -mm, that is not how that is working right now. And this is not a conversation about vaccines. I am purely just saying that the pandemic is not over. All right. I was trying to look at a place the other day with Aaron. I was like, I just got to get out. I got to get out. I mean, I love, I live in Bend, Oregon, by the way. I love Bend. I do. I love the Northwest in general. I never want to leave as far as my home base, but I'm going to tell you if I have to go to one more fucking brewery, all right, if I have to look at one more menu full of burgers and IPAs, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to lose my shit. Actually, I think I already lost it. I just, I can't, I can't, I, I can't. Like your entire personality is wrapped around what kind of van you have and the Patagonia gear that you wear. I can't. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm -mm. I cannot. And I was looking at some of my options of where I could fly to. And again, privilege. I get it. I can fly at all. We have the means. Yes. I'm not, not acknowledging that, but as I'm looking at the list, it's like, you still have to quarantine. Even if you're vaccinated, you have to quarantine for like a fucking week, at least, if not two, pretty much anywhere in the world. Still. All right. So yeah, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We are still recovering from the trauma of having a tyrannical Cheeto in office who staged a flipping coup on the Capitol. That was this year, y'all. That happened this year. I know. We have been watching oceans burn and protesters shot. It's a lot. It's a lot. You are not playing small. As Glennon Doyle says, you are a feeling person in this world. You're being human when you're like, this is just too much, huh? Anybody else? Is this, this just too much? And I'm tired of being tired. And everybody else loves to show up with their glossy version of like, it's a mindset shift. I've got my shit together. I'm looking at this divine pause as a way to write my four next books create my sourdough starter, <laughs> connect with my children more. No, mm -mm. nope. It's too much. We're all burnt out. Every one of us, I'm burnt out. You're burnt out. They're burnt out too. Their coping mechanism is by continuing to present perfectionism. That's on them. That's their own shit. No, I'm going to take a sip of a cold brew here. Hold on. Hold on. You can hear clingy cling. I told you I was going to be feisty. 
Yeah. Mm-mm. It's a lot. It's too much. You're tired. I'm tired. Right? Your excellence gets to be situational. Your excellence gets to be situational. What does that look like today? You are not playing small when you say, I need to scale this shit back. Let me give you an example. It was like, I think it was like almost exactly a year ago today. Like a little bit more than a year ago. And remember that course I was talking about, the Media Visibility Accelerator. It's awesome. It's great. I loved it. And I had it in my books that we're going to launch like in the end, middle to end of September. It's going to be great. I got this. And guess what happens? Um, all of Oregon is on fire. <laughs> all of Oregon. Uh, more than a million people are being evacuated, including Aaron and I. It was so scary. And I come from California where I grew up with wildfires. I grew up, you know, in San Diego, if you are from there, ever been there, like I was there in the middle of one of the scariest, biggest wildfires we've ever seen. I was taking the train back home to my parents trying to leave school. And I watched the train tracks burn behind me. Like I was on the literally the last train out of town. Like I have seen some shit. Right. Also, by the way, I'm a journalist who's covered a lot of really big wildfires. I have never seen anything like this. The sky, you, there was no sun for days. The sky was like this post-apocalyptic, I mean, it looked like a video game. And on top of that, you just couldn't breathe. And I was having massive panic attacks and my empathic heart could not handle feeling how scared everyone else was too. Like I was just, I was not able to turn down my channel and I was just hearing all of these people's spirits crying and scared and asking for help. And I couldn't turn it down. It was so hard. So we had to evacuate. Yeah. And Aaron and I were just like, I mean, literally thank the Lord and baby Jesus in a manger that we had this van again, amazing privilege that we had, that we had bought this van. So grateful. And so we, and I, I didn't even have a dog yet. Yeah. So we're just like, we get in this van and we're like, we just got to go drive East until we get clear sky. However long that takes, if that means that we end up in the fucking Dakotas at this point, but, and we can't fly anywhere. <laughs> Um, and the entire Northwest is covered, right? But Bend at that time had the absolute worst air quality in the entire world, worse than like Beijing. Okay. I mean, it was like, it was so scary. Anyway, so we're driving. We end up driving for like two days east and we end up stopping in Jackson and we leave on a Friday and we get to Jackson and we get because everybody else is evacuating the very last room in the very last hotel that they have there. Now you're thinking abs, why do you need a hotel? If you have a van, like you don't need a place to stay. Oh no, because me, the type A overachiever who believed that my success was not inevitable and that my excellence was not situational. In fact, it was hard, fast. This is how you show up for your business. This is what it means, right? Because I bought into all of that entrepreneurial bullshit. 
I was still going to launch the MVA on Monday because that's what it said on my calendar. (laughs) So here I am in this shitty room, tiny little room, because it has Wi-Fi, and I launch the next season of the MVA from there. Why? That was me living in scarcity. That was me believing that if I paused, I was playing too small, that life gets hard, but you, you know, get stronger. Any of that, you know, bag of dicks, bro marketing that I had bought into at the time. Because I was a baby entrepreneur and nobody told me that my success was always going to be inevitable. And if I said, it's okay, we're just going to put a hot pause on this and that you're going to pick it up in a week or two. And that actually that makes you an even more powerful and invaluable leader. If you did that, I didn't believe it, right? So I pushed myself and did it work? I'm going to use that in air quotes, meaning did I hit my financial goals? Did I get these people to finally believe in themselves and take really messy action that worked beautifully for them and their businesses? Yes. But was that success? No. Instead of excellence being steadfast, could we ask ourselves what else could be true here? We get to redefine success. It might look like canceling. It might look like not launching. It might look like an hour or three more of screen time for your kid because you're going to lose your shit. That's okay. I found that this creates a lot more agency in my day-to-day life and my nervous system has responded. If you've got anybody in here that is dealing with anxiety, I have dealt with chronic anxiety. I'm going to tell you right now that the spaciousness since then, since realizing that I get to define excellence and creating more space and fluidity in my schedule for my business has helped my anxiety a lot. Your success is inevitable, but excellence is situational. And just because you used to do something that way, that speed with those other things on your list doesn't mean you need to or could or should right now. That's my advice what nobody else is telling you about entrepreneurship. I would love to know. First off, which of these three did you need to hear the most today? And number two, what else am I missing? Or what else do you want me to talk about? Um, it's kind of weird sometimes to talk into a mic like this by myself, just sitting here like, hi. <laughs> so I would really love to hear from you. Let me know. Uh, hit me up in the DMs over on Instagram. I'm a real person. Um, as I say all the time. And if you could do me one more big favor, please go ahead and rate this podcast because when you rate these podcast episodes, it allows the algorithm to suggest this show to more people. And it has nothing to do with me personally, like my ego being attached to this show at all, but the value that I know it can bring to so many more humans who are desperate to live a fuck yes life. So if you could, if you haven't already, please go rate. It takes like two seconds. Please go rate it and please share it when an episode really lands. Share it on your Instagram stories. 
because that is really how we're going to continue to give permission to others to live their version of a fuck yes life. I love you. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.